0: Hello, you are listening to episode two of the 160 Girls podcast. My name is Madeline, and I will be hosting the podcast today. This episode accompanies lesson two of the 160 Girls Virtual Justice Club's curriculum, which is about police investigations of defilement and sexual assault. Today, I'm speaking with Florence Kinyua, who is a police officer based in Nairobi, Kenya, and Tom McCluskey, who worked as a police officer in Vancouver, Canada. Um, so Florence could you please introduce yourself first
1: okay my name is Florence Kenua. I am a chief inspector of National Police Service here in Kenya where we we have two services and national Police service we have administration police service and Kenya police service I under the privilege of being under the administration police service and part of this project.
2: Thank you.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And uh, Tom, could you please give us a little bit of background about yourself?
2: Yeah, uh, my name is Tom McCluskey. I am now a retired police officer after serving for almost 40 years. Uh, I spent the majority of my career in the major crime division, which would be homicide, robbery, assault. But I also spent 15 years in the uh, what we call sex crimes child abuse unit uh, as an investigator as a supervisor and then as the officer in charge
0: excellent thank you so much um so florence why did you decide that you wanted to work in law enforcement
1: uh in kenya as a law enforcement officer it's a career that is a career of choice and uh, one of the things that i that i loved generally as i grew up i loved See order in places where I go, and I love to see people living in peace. And so, generally, I'm a structured person. So, being a law enforcement officer helps me just see the people doing what they're supposed to do at the time they're supposed to do it. So, it 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 it, it, it came automatically as a, when I joined the police as an officer. Now I could be able to enforce some of the things that I desired to see people. Do and not offend others. Just people living, co- coexisting in peace. Mm-hmm. That is the reason as to why I joined police service.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. And um, and Tom, what would you say? Uh, some of your inspiration behind wanting to join law enforcement.
2: I think I started at a very young age. I knew probably when I was uh, 10 years old that I was going to be a policeman. And I just, I stayed on that career path with that goal for till I was about, nine, till I was 19 years old. My father was a police officer uh, when I was very young. And uh, I've always enjoyed the challenges, uh, challenges in life. I've always taken them on uh, head on. And I just really enjoyed Ah, uh, the ability to help other people with by investigating crimes against them and by finding solutions and apprehending offenders and just enforcing the law. Just uh, the whole aspect of uh, looking after others and helping others really intrigued me, and and that's what's led me through my career mostly.
0: Great, thank you. And and Tom, what what do you think um, the police's role should be? in addressing sexual and gender-based violence um, in both Canada and in Kenya?
2: Well obviously uh, I, I think one of the most important aspects for the police is to educate. Uh, we need to not only educate offenders but to educate the public and we spent a lot of time doing that here in Canada, the good touch bad touch syndrome, uh, educating children what's right what's wrong and educating offenders that, and, and offering a, a strong deterrence to those who commit these kinds of crimes. And to offer an, a deterrence, we must have strong enforcement and which means we must apprehend and prosecute the, the accused in order to have them sentenced. and it's those sentences that deter or should deter or play a part in deterring others from thinking or, or considering, Uh, an offence or committing an offence of a similar nature. But um, most importantly, uh, is the education aspect of it. And that education doesn't just go to the victims, but it goes to the police officers too. They need to be continually educated about uh, the offence of uh, defilement and sexual assault. And it's a cycle that uh, if we don't have some sort of interference in, it will continue. So we must intervene and somehow stop that cycle.
0: Absolutely. Um, and Florence, what do you think the police's role should be um, in addressing sexual and gender-based violence?
1: Just as Thomas said, uh, education is very, very important. And I think one of the things that we're doing here in Kenya immediately after the, we started the trainings is creation of awareness among the public among the, the police officers, what their roles are, education among the community members, what their rights are, the basic human rights. So that even when it comes to uh, uh, defilement, it becomes an easy issue to deal with. So we, we create a lot of awareness on, on human rights and basic human rights, of, especially of the children. We also help in maintaining order, just to make sure that the community are peacefully coexisting we enforce that to ensure that everybody is safe and the children that are in the communities, especially right now and they're not in school, even so many cases of defilements going on. So it has been the work of the role of the police officers to ensure that all children are safe wherever they are, wherever they are able to reach out to them. I believe it's also the role of the police officers to prevent crimes from happening. So in, in areas like we have... Uh, activities uh, for young men, we call it community policing here in Kenya, uh, where we create activities for young people just to get engaged so that they're not involved in crime. So, and then again, it's a role of the police officers to make sure they they apprehend the people who have been accused and they conduct proper investigation and they make sure the criminals are, are prosecuted. Those are the rules of our police officer.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Florence, you touched on this a little bit, but. Um, I was hoping that you could share the, the, the work that you have done with the Equality Effects 160 Girls Project uh, through the police force.
1: Okay, I, I, be, I joined the project in 2014 uh, when Dr. Fiona and team came to Kenya and they came to see the management of the National Police Service. I was privileged to be part of the initial team that we formed a faculty, so we went for a training, and uh, we undertook some trainings, both in Canada and here in Kenya, for trainer of trainers. And then from there, we were able to roll out the programs. In, in we, we piloted four counties. Kenya is divided into counties. So we have, we piloted four counties in Kenya. I'm sure you've heard of Meru, Mombasa, Nairobi, and Kakamega. I was involved in the creation of awareness in all those counties, basically just reaching out to police officers and telling them what their role is in making sure that defilement isn't happening in our communities and making sure that our children are safe. When they go to school, when they're at home, when they go out to pray, they are all safe. So this is the work that I've been involved in, educating the police officers. We've we've, we've been involved in the, tra- the, the uh, pre-training surveys uh, do, we've been involved in the training and the post-training service and we've 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 realized that it has had a positive impact on the police officers that have been trained.
0: Great, thank you so much. And um, Tom, could you please describe some of the work that you've done uh, with the One Hundred and Sixty Girls Project and the police?
2: Certainly. I, I in the early early days of uh, this project, I was uh, utilized as an uh, is an expert for some of the litigation that went on in uh, in Kenya. I primarily uh, reviewed a lot of uh, criminal investigations into defilement cases, and gave a critique and um, offered my uh, my ad- advice uh, from a Canadian standpoint on best practices. Um, I then uh, developed a curriculum for uh, training. In Kenya, but it was important to uh, examine the challenges because without knowing the challenges in Kenya, uh, the program wouldn't be successful because you cannot, you have to have a full understanding of the challenges that these officers have every single day, and some of them are unbelievable so you know just uh, the simplest of things sometimes no vehicles uh, you know and things like that so it was really important to understand that challenge and so after i was uh, given an opportunity to to travel to kenya and, and examine that i then came up with a curriculum and delivered the first training program which i believe florence was on i remember meeting remember the first yes. day i met florence and yes. yeah and we we uh, delivered that program and that what that program in encompassed mostly was best practices as we've come to understand in North America Uh, our practices in Canada are very much the same as those in the United States and in England Um, and so I introduced those best practices that we've been working with and simply uh, offering education to the officers in Kenya and then uh, once that uh, was delivered we started training the trainers uh, I then have been going back with, and my wife with me, uh, and we've been just reading cases and reviewing cases and monitoring um, some of the, 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 the investigations that have taken place since that people have received the training. So uh, that's been going on. I guess I've been with 160 Girls Project. If Florence was 2014, I believe I was 2013 or 12. So it's been a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um... Wonderful, and and Tom, what, um, what would you say is sort of your hope for how the police services in Kenya um, and around the world might change after receiving training like the 160 Girls training?
2: Well, my, my hope has always been the same, is that we are able to educate the officers on how to conduct a proper investigation into a defilement. And that's uh, following uh, a certain... You know a number of investigative steps and collecting the evidence and identifying the offenders and arresting and apprehension of the offenders and a successful prosecution of the offenders so essentially what it boils down to is properly educating the investigators in kenya to the best practices possible and giving them the tools and the confidence to investigate Defilement cases uh, in their jurisdictions.
0: Thank you. And in, in Florence, um, I know we've sort of touched on this already, but is there
1: anything that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, in addition, just to what Tom has just said, uh, what I hope to see mostly in change in attitude, uh, Tom can agree with me when we began the training, the, the attitude was very poor, especially on part of police officers. They didn't understand why wide defilement investigation. And so after the training and uh the change we've seen changes in attitude and that is very positive for us. And we are hoping with the rollout of the program we are going to experience more positive attitudes among police officers in handling defilement cases. One of the other things that I would want to see in future as we continue with the training is change in behavior, especially among the community members. And also, the children to know their rights, so that they, you, you know, where we we come from. It is like defilement is just another, it's another small thing that has been done to you. So, so we would want people to know that's a crime. The the community to know it's a crime, and so I'll be able to look for police officers because and because they have a positive attitude, they'll be able to help me accordingly. Those are things I would want to see. And are there
0: that's any, are there any specific stories um, that stand out to you? Uh, where you have seen these types of changes
1: or experienced them yourself? Uh, Firstly, in the four counties that we did the pilot, there has been a very positive change in attitude among police officers. They They can confidently, because they are confident about the issues of investigation and they know what they're supposed to do, they positively handle the clients that come to see them. Uh, another successful story is the stories I've heard from the, those very specific areas. Police officers who initially uh, dismissed cases, now they welcome the children. And one of the ladies in Kakamega actually accommodated a child that had been defiled and stayed with that child until the case was over. That is a positive move. And I think that those are things that we should see in future. And as we look for an to government coming in, in place, just to put structures in place that police officers do not put their children put children of other people in their own houses. I've also seen more, especially during this time of COVID, more victims are willing to get out. So people may think that there has been increased defilement cases, but it's because people are no more aware, so they are coming out to report cases. So to me, those are success stories so that police officers now can go in and then investigate. Thank mm-hmm. you.
0: Um, and, Tom, are there any stories of change that stand out for you that you would like to share?
2: Yeah, we're going back and monitoring uh, many stations throughout uh, the counties that we have taught in, I've noticed uh, the units are much more organized. The defilement the uh, sections are, are organized. They're, they're, uh, <clears throat> they have a, a, a leader who, uh, in many cases, is, uh, you know, trying to to because they've had the training and hopefully they've had the train trying to educate the officers within the units <clears throat> i find that the offenses are being investigated uh, much more efficiently uh, than when we first started there was uh, you know there was maybe a report and one page and now we're seeing files investigative files that are pages long with statements and evidence collected and their files are organized and they're able to go on to prosecution um, we're seeing offenders being arrested, which was just uh, fantastic. People who are uh, guilty of horrendous offenses are being taken into custody and brought before a judge. Uh, and we're seeing sentences that uh, deserving sentences, of long sentences, where people are being convicted. Uh, we're seeing we saw some different policy changes in some of the stations where they they may be the gender desk was maybe sort of around the back or something. And now it's more obvious and and more available and to some of the officers. And I noticed that we're, we're seeing a lot more uh, oversight that the person in charge of those units is taking some responsibility for the officer's investigations and being held accountable for those investigations. So um, yeah, there's been, there's been some fairly significant changes and, Changes that we've been really happy to see uh, as a result of the training.
0: Thank you so much. Um, So this concludes episode two of the 160 Girls podcast. Um, And I think this conversation was very interesting uh, for our listeners. And um, I think they will learn a lot from your very unique experiences and perspectives as uh, police officers. Um, And particularly your experiences and stories about working with the 160 Girls uh, police training project so uh, thank you so much Florence and Tom for taking the time uh, to join me on the podcast today thank you thank you too bye I'm pleasure meeting you